Hello, everyone. Welcome to Harmonic Heart, a music blog dedicated to showcasing musicians' stories and talent. I'm, ex I'm Chris Millette. I'm excited to have my dear friend, Renaissance man and multi-instrumentalist, Devin Cheka here on the show today for a Harmonic Heart interview. Welcome, hello, Devin. Hello, hello, YouTubers and interweb, interweb people. <laughs> yes, man. So, uh, yeah, we, we grew up together, man. Uh, so we met... Well, I was in fourth grade, you were in third grade in Cub Scouts. Yeah. Yeah. And we just became good friends ever since. So we really grew up together, you know, multiple times a week in our pack and in our troop. Um, yeah, camping trips, Boy Scout meetings, and yeah, we I mean, both became Eagle Scouts. Yeah. We're almost at like that 20-year mark of having known each other, I think. Like, mm. I think four or five oh, more years, yeah. and it would be like two decades wow <laughs> wow that's a like trip a I hadn't, yeah i hadn't thought about it like that but that's very true yeah <laughs> man cause, wow because if yeah fourth grade what is that like nine yeah, yeah nine old, like three four five more years more or less would put us at like a two decade sort of like knowing each other's milestone if you want to call it yeah like. that is big Wow. I haven't annoyed wow. enough in the course of 20 years. <laughs> and I appreciate, because you, you, I mean, a real dear friend, like, you know, the support, um, you know, and when I come home to visit from, you know, the East Coast, you know, you're there and we, we were able to hang out. So, yeah, it's a, a friendship that I'm grateful for, man. I feel the support. You know, man. Definitely. Yeah. And... You know, I kind of mentioned this before we started recording, but, you know, I'm happy to have you on the show for a couple of reasons. One is that you have been uh, really, like, influential on my journey as a musician. So, again, we were in Boy Scouts together. So, we did a lot of camping trips, and a lot of the guys in our troop, you know, played guitar. So, you know, it was, like, the thing to do. And... <laughs> right man and we so during those camping trips we would all just play guitar jam and there was I would be able to sing and like freestyle um and then even aside from that you know you would come to my house and we would just jam as well and like share ideas techniques um at our when we'd go to camping trips or summer camp those week-long summer camps there would be the campfires where there'd be like skits oh. and we'd get to perform on the skits and stuff like that too. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, and those are instances of, you know, performing publicly in front of small groups of people, but then also like, you know, bigger audiences too. It you company. Yeah, yeah. Right. Way back then. I'm kind mm -hmm. of, wow. I think that honestly, some of that stuff is kind of, I, I semi forgot about it. Like, so you just remember yeah. me. Mm -hmm. But I haven't, Wow, you're right. That was all stuff. It was, yeah. And it's it's easy to forget. It's easy to not think about it because I hadn't thought much about it, you know, because I've been, you know, actually, now that I think about it, my very first open mic, I, you were there. Like, you, we went to that open mic oh, at Sam man. Ash. Man, you're right. <laughs> you know, In Torrance, man. Yeah, yeah. And this quarantine thing, I mean, the dynamics of that stuff might actually change, but, like, I hope some of that stuff comes back. Like, come on, dude. I know. I hope yeah. so, man. 
uh, there's actually a lot of joints that have closed down that I um, like my my list of open mics, my roster mm. of open mics is a little thinner now. Mm. Um, mm. In part because of like some bars closing and 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 also in part because of this quarantine. Like it, it was. Uh, my girlfriend and I were on the same topic because she likes going to open mics too, and she's like, oh. Oh, "There's a bunch of these cafes and stuff that are permanently closed on Google Maps." Uh, but ah, think, ooh, yeah, nice. yeah, changing, man. But I hope some of that stuff comes back. That was cool. Yeah, it's really yeah affecting some you know so many like small businesses. <clears throat> yeah, I saw an article talking about. It was I saw the headline and it said like yeah contests in LA won't go back into like 2021 mm. yeah yeah but going back to the to the to the reminiscing i mean we used to meet in an auditorium oh uh, yeah all with a stage right right yeah i was thinking about that too yeah <laughs> it was it was, it was kind of like it was underneath it all at, at mm. that point in time. like every every wednesday you know one of those meetings like we, we mm. happen to be meeting in an actual auditorium like mm. wow yeah just seeing that yeah just seeing the stage but we would go onto the stage and like yeah. play piano yeah yeah i remember those breakfasts too mm-hmm. month, month right that. the month. holy name breakfast sponsored breakfast the one time i forget for what though it might have been a fish fry or something where brian brought his drum kit oh that was cool i vaguely remember that vaguely I mean, yeah there was other times where like we we actually brought our electric guitars. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Uh, I mean, just so much. So much. Yeah, it's coming back to me now, man. Like boomerang. Right. Yeah, because I mean, because I, I even for my journey, I would think about my lessons. Um, I mean, yeah, Esteban and his brother and I were in a, a band. And then I think about like in college, I did the music at my church and then these open mics. But then you know, I don't think, like, that. W- those are real experiences of, yeah, performing among each other publicly and then having, yeah, just the audience full at those Boy Scout summer camps. Um, but it was just fun times and jamming, and we were just able to share ideas and techniques, man. I mean, that was, that was such a, a means for us to progress and get better individually, mm-hmm. comparing notes all those years in yeah. that environment. Mm-hmm. yeah we had responsibilities like when we were camping so we had to cook and clean and all that stuff and when there was yeah. downtime I mean, like we really had an environment to learn off of each other mm-hmm. I mean, I right go camping and come back home and like i get some inspiration to learn some new stuff and like mm. i didn't even know i didn't even know the, the idea was not even in my mind prior to going camping it was mm. with another musician or group mm-hmm. And that such an age, we're lucky in a way. I think we're lucky. <laughs> I, I agree, man. I agree. And yeah, because it was, it was a safe environment because we were all friends. And it was a place where we could just try and have fun. And yeah. there wasn't heaviness That's around something it. Something we just laugh, laugh it off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and a lot of it was silly. Like we were just, like the freestyles were just silly stuff. And it was just comical, <laughs> bro. Like it wasn't, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I want to get your take on this as well, because, again, Renaissance Man, 
multi-talented man. And one thing, one thing I'm grateful for the Boy Scouts for is it just exposed us to so much with the merit badges, with all of just going through each rank. We just were exposed to so many different types of things. Yeah. Um, what value have you seen with that? And to go in line with that question, like, mm -hmm. I didn't get the music merit badge. I don't think, did you do, did you get it? I don't it? think I did. I don't think yeah, so. I, I don't remember getting it. And so, like, in terms of the value, like, for that question you just asked, like, we're talking value. We didn't even get the music merit badge. And they just, <laughs> um, we, it, it stuck with us. But yeah, wow. learning that, like, working in a group of people, it, it gives you so much. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, I've been in some Toastmasters clubs. They've been meeting online during this quarantine, especially. Mm -hmm. I'm still able to practice my public speaking because I meet with them regularly online. But that's mm -hmm. not something I do alone. That's actual people I spend time with um, mm -hmm. online every Monday and mm -hmm. our meetings. So, like, with the Boy Scouts, for instance, but any sort of group like that, I mean, the fact that you can compare notes with other people to think to think that you're gonna conquer the world on your own mm -hmm. is foolish. I think mm -hmm. like if you never even believe that, you should kind of use it as a means to maybe motivate yourself. Like, yeah, I could, you know, be the best at whatever I'm doing in the world, but it takes a village, man. Mm -hmm. Like it really, it really does take a, a village to develop all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think of like all the people I've met through all the different things that I do, not just music. Um, and it, it, it's 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 weird how they all get segmented. Like, mm. okay, these people know me because like I go to the Toastmasters club. These people know me mm -hmm. because I play guitar with them. These right, right. It's, it's all like segmented, and a lot mm -hmm. of them are completely oblivious to what else. Yeah, doing. yeah, I've definitely experienced that for sure. Yeah, yeah. They're mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you're 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 into this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, I do that too. And they're like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, you know, like that. Yeah, you spend time with other people and 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 take the best man from from what they have because like this is this is my take like I don't feel like there's enough listening going on in this world like people Twitter Facebook and you know all the other stuff going on it's just it's just too much noise and not enough like listening everybody's like putting their own opinion out into the ether mm -hmm. not taking enough of it what is already out there listening and internalizing processing it um because there's a lot out there i mean i taught myself how to play guitar just youtube man mm, like, yeah right like, same yeah. Ideas mm -hmm. on youtube bringing the camp in a way like i mean mm -hmm. yeah. it, 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 ah, this is uh this is a wealth of information the fact that you have an inter internet connection mm -hmm. yeah. Answer your question. i agree with that yeah spend, spend spend time with other people spend time online stay at home wear a mask <laughs> 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 right yeah quarantine is no joke so how did you first start getting into music man uh, that was um that was my it was really my parents and my grandparents really because like i didn't think it was cool back in like start learning how to play piano around like four or five years old mm -hmm. and uh the piano was like a really good bass to have uh yeah i agree read music you learn how to keep time so you learn you learn the multitasking side of it to synchronize both hands and you also learn the theory side of it how to read music but 
I didn't really have the motivation to practice because I didn't think it was cool. And plus the music I was learning was like a lot of classical stuff. You know, the whole formal training sort of thing. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't like, I, I, I question the value of it now. Mm -hmm. I have done the other stuff without that kind of training, especially mm -hmm. the way I would meet with my piano teacher. I just got off the phone with her uh, yesterday, just touching base with her because I haven't talked to her in a while. Uh, she's she's pretty old now. Uh, uh, cancer hmm. survivor. Really? Wow. In her 90s hmm. right now. Like, well, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, she's she's survived it, but she's uh, bedridden at home right now. Mm -hmm. And, and there's this quarantine stuff that's going on. And so it's like every time I talk to her, I always try to keep it in the back of my mind. It might be the last time I talk to her. She really mm -hmm. had so much influence on me, not just musically, right. but she, she taught me discipline and stuff like that. As to mm -hmm. how to practice. My mm -hmm. parents, my grandma and grandpa forced it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the talent show in fourth grade, really, where I played um, for Elise. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, wow. That, I played that back in fourth grade for the talent show, and then from there, um, piano was cool. So mind you, by that time, that's like already four or five years that you're playing. Yeah, yeah. It uh, Because then it became more about like, because I remember thinking back in fourth grade about, okay, if I'm going to do the talent show, what would I play? What would be cool to play? <clears throat> and that was mm. kind of like the only real cool-ish thing to play. Mm. The harmonic minor-ish sort of tonality of that song. Mm. Uh, not really the technicality. It was just arpeggios most of the song. A lot of Beethoven stuff is like arpeggiated. Mm. But uh, yeah, the, the subsequent talent shows after that, it was more like, okay, I don't really have to do something super technical for people to like it. <laughs> mm. Even though I love the technical stuff, doing it, learning new technique and how I can play notes together. But um, yeah, it, 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 that changed my perspective there. And then going into high school with, with you guys, especially everybody picking up a guitar, that's just how one thing led to another. And then in college, when everybody's gone out of college, I started picking up drums. And so mm. now... <laughs> Kind of on that i'm still working on technique but at least i have a practice kit at home mm, and, mm. Yeah, I'm still baffled by the technique i was just watching a video yesterday about like you you can do a downstroke on the drums like you're not supposed to use your elbow for force on the drums oh. so i've been doing habits of just using my wrist because that's what i'm used mm. to on guitar mm. but uh it turns out there's tricks where like you can you can get more efficient motion by like doing downstrokes while lifting your elbow so like this lever motion allows you to get more efficient motion because you can do upstrokes, like upstrokes by moving your elbow down, you can strike up, you can move it up. And this kind of, this kind of motion is for pretty good efficiency, but like, mm -hmm. I, that's just me. I geek out on that kind of technique, but yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty much the, the journey I took in terms of like learning things mm -hmm. uh, at this point. It was just piano, guitar, drums, fought it, fought the piano, and then eventually thought it was cool and then learned enough on that to where I bridged over guitar and then to uh to drums okay okay yeah and that example you give with um the wrist and um the lever with the elbow 
you know, that type of detail shows passion and shows, you know, an intense, you know, love of learning, you know, music. And you, you take that same intensity to all the other things that you learn as well, even outside of music. Yeah, that's true, man. It's life's too short to be like trying to do stuff that way, man. Mm, try, to, mm. try to convince the people I work with for that same reason in terms mm. of quality. Uh, writing code all day, day in and day out. There is such a thing as bad code. Mm -hmm. uh, code, code is buggy and logic isn't quite sound. So mm -hmm. I do try to like create a culture, you know, lead by example. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh yeah, that was great. You got it to work, but how about you get it to not break when I do this? <clears throat> you know, like, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it's it's not really making funny as much as it's like, all right, let's push you to do a little better next time. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, and that's a, um, yeah, I appreciate that's a helpful um, kind of explanation of your progression. And I know you also have been doing producing recently, too, kind of bringing all those together. Yeah, it's crazy now that music, music production with especially simple tools, like I know you're a Pro Tools guy. I've seen this other guy that I, I've done stuff with. He, um, not Logic, but the Cubase. He uses Cubase. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and me, I'm a fan of FL Studio because it's so mm -hmm. simple. And a mm -hmm. parametric equalizer. They have this special mm -hmm. equalizer that lights up. And it's got like uh, this rainbow. Literally, it looks like a rainbow. But I mean, in terms of controls, you can really, really do some some really cool stuff with, uh, I mean, it's an EQ on steroids. It, it's it's oh. a ridiculously mm -hmm. good equalizer. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, music production, I think it eliminates the need for technique, man. Mm. You can just input the the if you if you once you become one with the computer in a way, like you can just input what you hear on screen, and then generate the tones and fiddle with the dynamics so it sounds the way you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's kind of eliminated some of that need. It it, it drills down to just creativity. Like most right. dogs, if they just pack it down to that one thing, mm -hmm. you have tools, do something with it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think producing, mm, there's a certain level of create. It's a particular type of creativity that comes with producing that I don't think gets a lot of credit. I think sometimes people yeah. kind of look down on a certain types of producing, um, but not understanding Mm, the way people select sounds, the way people arrange beats and songs, even the way people like flip samples, there's a certain creativity that goes into that. Um, and I think just because the person isn't doing that on an instrument, they look down on that particular type of creativity. Yeah, it's underappreciated stuff, man. There's people that go to school to, to actually learn how to be sound engineers, essentially. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's that is, uh, I'm not going to call it a science because it's not, they, I don't even think they regard it as a science because there's so much like taste involved, but mm -hmm. there, there is a certain amount of work and expertise that goes into it that I, I agree with you, man. It's, mm -hmm. it goes unappreciated. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you can attest to it too. Like, I mean, when, when I want to like put the lid on a song, for instance, in terms of producing it and mastering it and stuff like that. There's uh we're talking a couple hours of work like yeah I mean, usually yeah. that's like my Saturday nights when I get into mm -hmm. that like I'll yeah. start at like 10 p.m. after dinner mm -hmm. and then I'll just be 
drumming with headphones till like 3 a.m. Because right, yeah, <laughs> a lot of work, man. It is for sure. Yeah, no question, man. Yeah, we have very similar um, paths, you know. Like I started on piano lessons when I was younger, and then in high school picked up guitar. Um, I haven't. I want to do drums. I haven't done drums, and then in the past two years started with producing. I want to talk a bit about music theory. Mm. You know, and you you kind of started this conversation, and I think it would be nice to go into it a bit. I th- you know, I think because it was similar for me to learning, you know, those classical songs. And at first it was cool, maybe around like year four of my lessons, year five, I just disengaged and I stopped practicing as much. And my mom, she always talks about like, once you stopped the lessons, then you started playing all these like contemporary songs on your own and you had, she taught like, you know, <laughs> I just was more kind of engaged and interested in piano when I was a, like freer to learn things I wanted to learn. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's like, because that happened around eighth grade for me, I think, when I switched from playing a classical song for the talent show to playing, uh, at that point in time, No One by Alicia Keys. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Well, contemporary classic. Contemporary <laughs> classic, right? Yeah. You, I mean, she, that, see, and that song had a lot of another, a lot of broken chords. Not necessarily mm-hmm. arpeggios, but like, a lot of broken chords in that song. I mean, that is a chord in that thing, E major or something, but yeah, like it, It. I grew, I know what you mean. Like you start with the classical stuff and then eventually you want to go do something cool. And once you hit that, like you, you, it's hard to go back, I feel. It's hard to go back to learning classical stuff. You know, and it's interesting, even more recently as I've been, let me see, there's just so much, because, well, I'll just say more recently that I've been playing and playing with scales, I've noticed it's easier for me to even identify key signatures, because I have the, the tactical experience of playing those scales on the piano, so it's like, yeah, I visually see the sharps and the flats now, so it's easier for me to, like, say, oh, yeah, well, that's, you know, the D D major scale. Whereas when I was learning it back then, it was like the D major scale has two sharps because this picture on the page says there's two sharps. So that's why, but that's not the reason why. So that's even like interesting. So true, dude. Like <laughs> it's affected the way I memorize songs too. Like I, I reading music's great. Like you should learn how to read music at least to, to understand notation and stuff. But like, once you've understood like chords and key signatures and all like you, you the whole thing starts to become a picture in your mind it's so easy to memorize a song like for instance like memorizing the first two pages of uh moonlight the third the third act of moonlight sonata mm-hmm. which i played for a talent show in college like mm-hmm. that was not that difficult because I knew it was key of C sharp minor with some harmonic minor stuff. So I can like throw in pretty much anything in that harmonic minor scale in that harmonic minor setting, it would be like fair game to just bump a key even as long mm-hmm. as I'm bumping right. low. Yeah. Yeah. The chords. I think I don't even remember now. I haven't played that song in, in a good year or so, but I think it was like 
I had to recite the chords. I think it went from like a C sharp minor to an A flat major. I forget mm. if it, I think it was a flat major to an E flat and then back to like a, back to like an A flat. There was like some weirdness because it's like it, man, Beethoven's a trip. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, was, it, it was like C flat to A flat to the E flat, but it's like this weird six E flat, I think. And then like, okay. it goes back to the A flat, but the A flat is not the mm. whole chord. It's the yeah. it's the A's and you're like no 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 what you know yeah that um yeah it, you get you get that stuff down I feel like it, it makes it easier to memorize the classics <laughs> yeah I've noticed that too um and again yeah just being more familiar with chords and scales so there was um a Cerberella song I started learning and then when I went again back to like I was learning it by the sheet music and I was like oh yeah well this is a lot easier to know which notes because we're in this scale and it was just when I had the tactical experience in my head it was easier to look at you know the paper so I think it's interesting clearly we're talking about the importance of knowing music theory I think it's interesting how it's how we were able to take it in I think is like the interesting part and like how it's taught and things yep yeah love song is another one of those I think uh, mm-hmm. Barry, I can never say her last name. Barry Ellis. Oh yeah, Barry Ellis. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that song too. Yeah. That's that has that pattern on the left hand. I it, that there's a there's a pattern there. But as soon as it clicks and you recognize it, it's like oh, okay. So I memorized the whole left hand of the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, right, right. Yeah. It was, it was not that big of a deal. Uh, but I remember back in eighth grade, for instance, I, I saw that song. It's like, how did, how is this happening? How is this happening? Mm, right. It's interesting. And there was a time, you know, even while I was taking lessons, you know, I love my piano teacher. I learned so much from her and playing and technique. Um, I think for me, we were learning really cool songs, um, but it was a lot of just like learning this. We were learning the songs, learning the key signatures and scales, like what they look like on the page. Um, but for me, I still had a question of like, but how do you compose this? Like, how do you, I was like, is there a science to music? And I didn't know if that was a dumb question. So I never asked her. So if I did ask her, then she could have like <laughs> opened that up to me. Um, and I just down or not (laughs) right exactly like they just I just thought maybe they just know how to and I thought maybe people were guessing asking that kind of a question (laughs) right and I think maybe I on the periphery like heard of music theory and somehow we started talking about it and then you know you were already like ahead and like yeah like music theory it's that thing and then you put me on to David Harp's book Music yeah, theory made easy, and we were having conversations about that. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. So, like, leverage your public, your your local public library kids. I, I mm-hmm. can't stress that enough. I mean, post post pandemic, I mean, when they open right, them up, yeah. they open them up again. Leverage your your public library, man. It, it is. Uh, there's a lot of wealth in that knowledge there. Just because it's you know free for anybody to read, it doesn't mean everybody reads any of the stuff there in mm-hmm. the library. How did you get into to music theory in, in that way? In, in that, in that way, I would yeah. say it really started to click around ninth grade where 
uh, eighth grade, ninth grade, where going to my first high school, it was a gospel choir, and I started like playing keyboard for them. And gospel music tends to not really have like sheet music associated with it as much as it's just by ear, you feel it kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And not to be like sounding blasphemous or anything like that, but like the lady that was that was helping out with the choir, for instance, she she was like, yeah, it's kind of a gift to be able to like read music and play by ear at the same time. And to me, it's like you can't limit people like that. There's gotta be a way. Like, what makes you so special? You know, at least mm-hmm. like, mindset. Uh, what would that be? Thirteen years old. I didn't, I didn't really hear it for what she was saying like that. I thought, okay, I got this. And it took me about a year to, to learn how to play by ear. But something about that endeavor of playing by ear after already knowing music theory really made things click in terms mm-hmm. of uh, chord progressions and like harmonies going from, going from like one measure to the next. Like, how do you know you go from, say, you're, say this, this one bar is, 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 in, is using, like, an E major chord for it. So, okay, that, I guess you could play an E note, but you're still just solid on that E as opposed to the kind of inflection you can have if you were to do the two or the six with an F sharp or, like, a C sharp. It gives that slight leaning into the next one. Versus when you end the song, okay, you want to end on that solid E note. Um, Those kinds of things really started to click after learning how to play by ear. Um, And then more so learning once I learned how to do modes on guitar, um, I would say it was like two points where that really started to make a a big impact on the way I play is learning to play by ear and learning how modes work. Because I mean, modes. Yeah, speak to modes a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's. People people think like oh yeah you play piano so like you're you you understand like modal playing and and phrasing and stuff like that but you're just because you play piano doesn't mean you really understand how modes would work. Uh, I I think because the fact that you have two hands on the piano, it serves as a handicap for you to get around understanding modes. You might know the names, you might know which piece of that eight note scale is going to give you that 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 feeling that, that color that you want mm-hmm. but yeah. on a piano you don't have to be as conscious of it versus like on a guitar on an electric mm-hmm. guitar on a lead guitar where most of the time you're playing one note even if you're shredding playing multiple notes at the same time you still you really have to be conscious more on an instrument like that because you have your 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 means of conveying that kind of feeling to the listener are limited because mm-hmm. you just can play the one note at a time where you get the chord versus on the piano uh, you, are, you mm-hmm. can get the chord here and play the note here or vice mm-hmm. versa interesting and you have um i feel you don't learn enough about the the the, the you don't get a, a deeper understanding of the modes until you play an instrument like a guitar mm-hmm. That at least that was the case for me because, I mean, I did not, I did, I did not really feel them like, and you get the ones that you like too. I mean, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. You know, you, you for me personally, like, I, I love metal. Um, I 
love all the technical, crazy music that can be played with that style. Uh, so I do tend to gravitate to things like the minor, the harmonic minor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing things like with Lydian, weird Lydian stuff and diminished scales, obviously. Uh, those, are, those are the things I like to play. And for the people that don't know what modes are, could you give like just a little explanation? Like a, oh, yeah. So yeah. there's a guy at Sam Ash I used to chit-chat with. Um, he, he said his music teacher, and I think this is the textbook definition, is the, there's scales within scales. So like, you know your major scale, you go say C on a piano, it's white keys. It goes C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. Those are eight. And if you start that scale on the C, you're essentially in your major mode. I forget the name for it. Uh, it's it's in that there's a there's a poetic name for it, but it's it's mm-hmm. one everybody it's the major stuff. Right. Um, yeah. And if you were to do that whole scale starting on D, like you go D E F G A B C D, those like that, <clears throat> that's a different mode because yeah, you're in the key of C, but you started on the D. And there's a different feeling that goes along with that, um, and that's the that's the modes. Like you do that for each of those eight tones in that yeah. scale. Those those are the those are the modes. And then there's like a bunch of poetic names for each one, like Aeolian, like Lydian, mm-hmm. Lydian. Uh, the minor one I think is the Aeolian one. I'm trying to remember the other. Dorian. Dorian's a weird one to me. I'm still kind of uh, not. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the, the Dorian. My, my Dorian dialect is not refined as it mm-hmm. should be. Uh, the that's that's one that's kind of always just dangled over my head. I, I, mm-hmm. Very puzzling one. I know, I know some of my favorite guitar players use that quite a bit though. Like uh, Jimi Hendrix and Carlos Santana tend to use Dorian. Uh, but I just I don't get it enough to where I could just be like playing and like let me hit a Dorian note. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I I'm speechless <laughs> when I'm playing. And it's like, yeah, I'm gonna go Dorian right now. Like, I don't. I don't know. I mm-hmm. I would just play mm-hmm. the Dorian note. Um, mm-hmm. because there's characteristics of like when you switch in mode. Yeah, I I mean I could I could talk for yeah, me. and like yeah, each mode has its own yeah like color and kind of feeling when you start on that particular note, even though it's in essentially the same notes of a, like a major a particular major scale or minor scale yeah like the, the the easiest one to communicate the uh the, the way it feels i would say is phrygian because the mm. phrygian mode is the one you hear in like bullfighter music or a lot of like speed mm. metal where it's like because it's the very hinging on that like that that uh semitone like you you really just have like a chord for instance, you're playing the E chord and then mm-hmm. you play the F chord. Like all you did was take what you were playing and shift it up a semitone and then back mm-hmm. down a semitone. You're mm-hmm. pretty much in that Phrygian sort of, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that Phrygian mode. Yeah. But there's little ones that are a lot more sneaky in the way they make you, the way your ear perks up. Um, mm-hmm. And those are a little harder to spot, like in when you're listening. Lydian is mm-hmm. another one of them. You, you you'd be like oh it's major and and then you hear there's that's <laughs> there's there's tweedles in all these little modes where you hear it it's like oh no that's not major <laughs> mm-hmm. interesting yeah yeah and that's an interesting point that you make too about 
because the piano, you have the two hands and you're able to play chord and melody at the same time. So kind of the modes being different, well, in terms of understanding and like practically playing them versus the guitar. If you're shredding like lead guitar, you're mainly hitting one note at a time. So you feel like it's more clear to you in your head um, to get the different distinctions between those modes through playing guitar. I, one thing I've been working on uh, when I do pick up my guitar on occasion is uh, I, I I know as a musician you really should know where your weak points are and, and I feel my weakness now is uh, not not knowing all the different ways I can do the same chord. So mm-hmm. D major D one eight, which is the octave version of it. D sus, for instance the um augmented d you know d7 like all these different chords like i i know the general uh note makeup of the of the chord in a way a lot of them can be like gap scales but in the context of shredding for instance say you want to play an arpeggiated d7 that's a little more technique involved because you have to be mindful like okay you're not gonna are you going to do a major seven or a minor seven, for instance? If you are going to, okay, then are you going to string skip to the seven, or are you going to try and like get like five frets, five six frets stretched on your on your hand? Mm. Like that, that's that's for me, like as the player, like how I would play a seventh arpeggio on the mm. guitar. Mm. Um, that's kind of a weak point for me. <laughs> mm. How do you go about? learning like those new skills like if you feel that you're lacking in an area how do you um one will recognize that and then go about building on that skill so this is part of that whole adulting is hard mm-hmm. as, as the kids would say <laughs> right <is> hard <laughs> i used to be able to just come home grab my guitar after doing my homework and i would just i would just blah until either my fingers bleed or my muscles and my wrist were just gonzos but now i don't have that kind of time so i have to be conscious of that and so it usually toggles between two things like if i'm crazy about a certain new thing that i want to learn on the guitar or that i want to try and explore then whatever practice time i do have it gets dedicated to that thing for instance, there's a lick that I actually want to put on my Instagram. I haven't had time to, to put a video on Instagram for a while. I should probably get into that. But uh, it's a lick that took me about six months to learn. And mm-hmm. it's really simple context. It's the pentatonic lick. It's it's a kind of a finisher lick. I, okay. I think like Paul Gilbert tends to use words like that. Or, or mm-hmm. there's, there's certain guitar players that are like, yeah, this is the kind of thing. This is the kind of thing you play on when you're shredding to like end your solo. Okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's very big but predictable, and mm, all right. um, it took me about six months to learn it. And the, the mm. way it happened was, I was just tinkering one Saturday morning with it, just on the guitar, dueling around, and then I was like, "Oh, you know what? That would be so cool if I could play something like this, where I, the the lick is taking the same motion and then just moving it up the pentatonic scale until you're eventually mm. made it full circle." And it goes mm. in those four yeah. parts, so you can play it along pretty much any chord progression, because it's pentatonic and it's in those four parts. So you just start with a one, with a two, with a three, and then with a four, and then you end on the high note. 
um, mm-hmm. you have to like six months to learn. And so I would say it toggles between those two things. You find something to get crazy about, then mm-hmm. once you're crazy about it, stick with it. Mm-hmm. Do your little managed windows of practice time mm-hmm. and stay consistent more or less because yeah. really the reason I didn't get a chance to practice much over that six month period, but I was consistently hitting it more or less every Saturday morning for about like 10 minutes, just practicing mm. the because it's a lot of alternate picking in particular. Mm. Um, and over the course of about six months, I was able to actually nail it down. So now I just play it as a warm up. Mm. Um, and so it, I would say that's, that's as you start adulting more, uh, you have to structure your practice kind of in that way. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, because it's focused. Um, but that also makes, well, it makes it more manageable, um, but then it's building up that, that muscle memory um, over time as well. Yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you something, find something that you like, though, because I'll tell you what, it's hard to stay motivated when, mm-hmm. when you're, like, mm-hmm. barely practicing. And then when you do, you're practicing the same thing because you want to learn it. Like, mm. make sure to find something you really, really want to learn how to play. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. You know, I'm, and I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, you play piano, you play guitar, drums, and producing. Yeah, where do you want, do you, where do you want to go with those? Um, how do you see them coming together? Um, yeah, I'm just curious, like, you just, I mean, clearly you, you just love playing instruments and learning. Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts on, on that? direction man there was another guy i was talking to um about the same subject uh, in a slightly different context about a week ago yeah. i was talking to him about this more or less same subject but it was, the question was asked in a different context but yeah in terms of direction man it's like for instance because i'm a web developer during the day so mm-hmm. when I was making sites and stuff like in my spare time, and I still do. There was a barbershop that I was making a website for, and <clears throat> this kind of came in handy in that sense where, okay, I can produce music. I know how to make a song where it's not just dissonance. It actually sounds like something. So I produced music for this video showing, showing around the shop, the barbershop. Oh, and wow. It myself, and it, it was kind of a culmination of all these things came together and then put it all together with background music in the, in the video and I didn't have to infringe on anybody's copyright because I made it myself mm. and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So there's that side of it and the other side of it is the lottery ticket thing. Um, it was a podcast I was listening to like four years ago or something, more or less. I think I was still in college. But the guy was like a producer and he was talking about I think like samples and stuff. Mm, oh yeah. And in a way, he described them as lottery tickets. Mm. And I feel like for the majority of musicians, especially in this future we're going to be living in, where production software is easily accessible for people, people can equip themselves to learn how to play music or produce music as long as they have an internet connection. Right. They, um, we're going to see a lot more of that, I think, especially with platforms like SoundCloud. Uh, we're going to mm. have a lot more just kind of maybe one-hit wonders and sort of lottery tickets where people mm. lose a lottery ticket and yeah. more than one until one finally catches on and you mm. hear it on the radio if people still listen to it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, what's really popular now in the producer community are these sample packs where people, you know, oh, they'll yeah. create like, I don't know, like a groove, um, like producers will do that and kind of create a, a whole list or like a package where they sell a number mm -hmm. of these files, samples, they either put them out for free or like sell them. And yeah, it's kind of like whatever, like one of those perhaps could be used in a song and, and another producer will sample it. I and thought about getting into uh, some of that stuff uh, in a more technical uh, sense because I'm a developer. I know how to build these kinds of things. I've actually read articles about how to do these kinds of things. I thought about putting together, because I know there's already platforms where you can get plugins for your dog. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I thought, make my own, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, nice. Yeah, true. Interesting. That seems pretty wow. cool to actually do, make it... Mm. Um, you wow. Know, you mm. take like C++ code typically, and, and once you get it all right for your dig digital signal processing, you compile them down to DLL, and the DLL since it can be used as a VST plugin. Wow. Uh, and That's interesting. It's not that complex if you know how to code. You just got to, wow. you know, what's, what do you want to make your little, your little mm. plugin do, you know? But wow, that's awesome. That too. I mean, there's so much mm. to do in the world, man. I mean, it's just, life's too short, you know? I agree. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Since you have that development side to be able to yeah. get your own, yeah, like VST. Wow. I mean, sample packs are really cool as well, too. Like, I've, I've dug into some of them, too. Like, some of these singers, especially, they, they, they have, like, royalty-free samples of their vocals. Oh, nice. And I'm not talking, like, you know, screaming, dying cats in your backyard. Like, no, these are vocalists that have phenomenal voices. Helene, I think she's, she's, uh, she's one of them where she has some, some samples you can pay for and some samples that she's got on her site for free. But mm. yeah, there's others that, um, just really good vocal samples, you know, if you think you need to sing just to make a hit, like, you know, you, you, you kind of can get around that these days without mm. even knowing how to sing. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Let me see. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah. I am thinking. That's all right. As long as you're not counting sheep, man. <laughs> as long as I, I'm not, I am not falling asleep, man. Um, <laughs> hmm. Anyways, man. What time is it over there? Four. It's four. It's four o'clock. And you are you're like one o'clock right there. Over there. Hmm. Got a couple things on my to-do list today. I gotta get to too. I mean, my my room is. I, I gotta. I think I'm gonna take a box cutter to cut up a bunch of these Amazon boxes that I have because they're empty. Oh. Hmm. And, hmm. Yeah, because I've been ordering so much stuff online. I need to. I need to get into that. Why <laughs> you can't walk into my room? Man. <laughs> you know, I listen to your SoundCloud, man, and the things you have on there is really good. What's that reaction? <laughs> like, I didn't, I did I just, like, for instance, like, when somebody takes a look at my personal website, or even a website that I've built, or something that I've put together, and they're like, they're like, all right with it. It's like, if the, if, the re, if the reaction is anything other than this is trash, I'm like, man, they took the time to look at what I have. I don't know. It's, it's. Maybe it's, maybe it's just a high that I'll eventually get over it. But <laughs> that's amazing, man. No, that that's 
great you you're just deeply grateful right now yeah i mean i'd love to get more into to getting better stuff on the on the soundcloud as well um but you know time 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 keeps ticking but yeah man i appreciate a lot coming from you no, I, I, I was listening this morning and I genuinely was thinking, this is really good. And you had different types of stuff on there too. Yeah, there's a metal song I wanted to actually get on there too. That, that idea has been stuck in my head. It's a very Dimebag Daryl sort of song. Um, it, it's pretty much Cowboys from Hell. Cowboys hmm. from Hell. The vibe. I mean, it is a, it is a fast um, riff that I, I came up with. Hmm. Years ago, I think about two years ago, and then I, I put a solo together for it, and I, I practiced it. I have it. I just gotta ah, sit down, mm. with my sound card, plug the guitar in, and and actually get some recordings of it. Um, but it, it is a metal tune. Um, one day I'll get to it because that 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 idea is like in here. It's been here for a while. Mm. <laughs> Sweet, yeah. One thing I was curious when I was listening. I mean, I saw you have a remix up there. There was. Mm-hmm some other for some of the other ones i mean yeah i could tell you programmed in the drums i heard like some guitar on there and i was curious if you had played that guitar if you used a vst or like kind of your process with producing yeah so i still have a ways to go in terms of getting distorted guitar to sound the way i want it and i'm not quite there i have spent countless hours watching a lot of youtube videos and reading a lot of posts online as to how to get that sort of thing right doubling guitars over taking the eq listening for the hiss there's when you record distorted a distorted guitar there's a hiss on Mm. the eq um you Mm. you listen for that and you make a cut there uh there's a lot of tricks to getting um electric guitar to sound fat but not just ear make your ears bleed loud you know mm-hmm. and um I'm, I'm not quite where i want to be with it but I'm, I'm getting better at it but in terms of plugins man like there are some good ones i've considered buying but because there's so much free stuff online um it's it's it, it's really hard to convince myself for instance of the, of the value of when i have the free stuff online and then because i like using like I still have my distortion pedals, I have my fuzz pedals, and my amplifiers have outputs. So even if I wanted to take my Fender or my Line Six, plug it into my computer using you know solid state distortion coming straight out of a, uh, an amp like that, I mean it's just I, I I don't I don't have enough motivation to pour a lot of money into those kinds of projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a lot of motivation to pour a lot of money into any project, really, because of of so many alternatives these days. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, for instance, some of the websites that I've built on the side, I, I don't have to pay hosting. I, I just have the domains. Like, there's there's things like that where I'm always looking to save a buck, man. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm always looking to save a buck. So, for instance, like on, on the SoundCloud stuff, those are free... Those are free distortions I found off of Google. VST, obviously, because it's an easier mm. way to install. I, I don't have an understanding of how to do how to do other other plugins like that. Um, 
but yeah, keep it simple, man. Keep it simple. Like mm-hmm. Pro Tools, I, I don't even know how you manage the complexity in that. Uh-huh. That is that kind of that kind of system. Just the UI, I think, would just go way, way over mm-hmm. the head. Mm-hmm. No, I think you you would get it, man. You would get it for sure. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took. Hmm. I mean, it definitely took me time and patience, but now that I have, well, there's so much to do in there. I can just do basic stuff on there now, but it just, you know, it took me a long time to just be able to do this basic stuff. Um, but now that I can, um, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I get the user interface now and the experience. So in terms of, but there's even. How do you record audio on Pro Tools? Like, is there a, a tracking system on that? Because I get right. studio, but I think oh, it's nice. different. It works. <laughs> mm, I've heard it's different. It's yeah, it's like a multi-track um, kind of view in Pro Tools, and then you're able like there's different types of tracks you can pull up. So one of those is like audio. Um, so I have this interface, this Focusrite interface, and I have yeah, I actually use this is the microphone I use to record my vocals i've also recorded like acoustic guitar with this mic too um so this goes yeah into my interface and then it's a box and then the interface goes into my computer so um a lot of it i mean the simple answer to your question is you just press you open up an audio track and press record but you know the more complicated thing is like the actual engineering of it of like where do you place the mic how do you adjust the gain on the interface on the audio track in Pro Tools? How can you, how do you check that the input level isn't too high or isn't too low? How do you adjust that? Um, so that's, those are the more technical pieces that, um, you know, are really interesting that kind of, that requires skill and even just knowledge to know to even look for those things. And um, that's, so I've- that very different from the way FL Studio works. Oh really? Hmm. That sounds very different. Oh. Like you don't get FL Studio, you don't get a, a separate view. It mm. it works off of like for instance, you, you have like I, I assume most of them have this like a mixer board, more or less. Right, yeah. The so there's board. like they have the the mixing view and then the edit view. So the edit view yeah. for us has yeah, just those different tracks. So there's like audio tracks, there's MIDI tracks um that you can put up there. Yeah. Yeah, so the way the way it works on FL Studio, there's a plugin you put in on the mixer board, and that mm. plugin lets you record audio through the plugin. Oh, uh, hmm. you can take in the inputs and route like, say you want to process the inputs going into the plugin before it goes into the recorder or mm. after it goes into the recorder. Mm-hmm. You can put something before it, like an equalizer or a compressor, mm. and mm-hmm. then have it record with it, or you can put yeah. it after it. And have it output it. Oh, nice! Um, yeah, tons of knobs for gain and stuff like that, like you're mentioning. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, Pro Tools. You can put the the plugins on as well on the mixing part too. So you're saying that for FL, you just record through the mixing view, and there's not a view for um, like just yeah, recording. Pretty much. Like the only the only view that you have for just recording is like the plugin itself. Oh, interesting. Okay. So like the plugin will put up like a window on the screen where you can see like it actually recording. Yeah, yeah. You can see when it's oh. hot and when it's not. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they have different designs for a lot of these. I know Cubase is a whole nother, like, mm-hmm. a whole nother universe. <laughs> yeah. um, wow, wow. So, yeah, for you, hmm. you know, piano, guitar, those are, I mean, in terms of actually playing technically different, but then they have the same language of melodies and like just scales and things like that. And then drumming is of course percussion and that has its own types of language and thought patterns. Piano is also a percussion instrument, but um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm curious, like your thoughts on the differences between those instruments. Yeah, man, like learning to play drums has really shown me that like personally it's raised the bar for timekeeping for me mm, i bet okay yeah and it's really just amplified the way i could not keep time before mm, mm, like, okay I, I i finally thought i could keep time before like uh-huh, you, know, yeah. you know how to keep time unless you learn how to play drums like it's mm. just, it, 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 it is it put it put me in check it put mm. me in check learning <laughs> And I'm not even I'm 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 not that great at it, honestly. I I still have a lot of work to do in terms of developing like my right foot for the kick pedal and stuff like that. The only thing that I'm good at on the drums is independence. I can get all four limbs moving in different rhythms in mm-hmm. independent times. Left hand on the upbeat, right foot on the downbeat, right hand on some sort of accent, and left foot on either the hi-hat or this is so the guy online he actually has a uh they hook up, he hooks, hooks up this setup where it's like a cowbell with a kick pedal but for his left foot so oh. you know you can put the cowbell with his left foot he does these polyrhythms that are just off the wall with all four limbs doing all these crazy motions um but i am i'm decent at independence but other than that like yeah drums really put me in check with uh with timing but once I started learning, and then now I go back to other instruments like guitar and piano, and it 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 uh, it, it it carries over, it carries mm-hmm. over. It's kind of like in high school. I remember in wrestling, for instance, they used to tell us some of the guys that used to play football before wrestling season that um, they, you know, if you join the football team or whatever, you're you're gonna um, your football playing playing football is going to help you with wrestling and your wrestling is going to help you with football and mm. so mm-hmm. like learning a different instrument you know you learn to play drums it's going to help your guitar playing you're going to mm. learn guitar it's going to help your piano playing i mean yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's not like you can only make progress on the piano by learning how to play the piano i mean mm. stuff carries mm. over right so the language man music music yeah. in a way is a language but i agree mm-hmm stuff carries over life's too short to just be like you know what i'm just gonna be a piano player all my life Mm, (laughs) wow wow yeah um well i can yeah i mean i get that you know with the you know i play guitar and piano and producing and things so um yeah even just doing this this podcast right here this blog too like yeah this is really cool stuff man thank you man who, who knows if this even grows like yeah. You really get like bigger, 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 bigger names, you know. I thought about that. I was like, you know, like some like emerging artists, like 
you know, I like this guy. Like, I like this guy, Coda the Friend, and Mahalia, and Arlisa. I'm like, man, that'd be awesome to be able to interview them, or like some indie artist, Matt and Kim, or something like that, John Allison Weiss. But I was thinking about, I mean, but even still, I mean, this is moments like this where it's like, man, we're having a moment and we're getting to talk and like reminisce and yeah, just talk about our music, which we love and just growing up together. This is like really, you know, meaningful and it's on, on the record and it'll be on like YouTube and Facebook and the podcast and things. So yeah, I mean, I think regardless, yeah, I think it'll be meaningful also. I've also thought about like views. I was thinking about this today. Like, yeah, like the more interviews I do, then it'll get, it could get more views or something. But I think even just having a lot of interviews mm. would be great. Just because it'll show, because the more interviews there are, it'll show like, it's even that much more of like a real thing of like, you know, I guess like if you have a bunch of interviews, then you are a page that has a bunch of interviews and that does interviews type of thing. And it's kind of that simple. Yeah. Yeah, where it's it's not gonna, yeah, it, it, it it's it's almost like a an archive in in a way, unless right. you take the whole thing yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Right, because like even it's like you are what you repeatedly do type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right. I mean, because I thought about you know a lot of these programmers they come up with these YouTube channels and they have. Um, like tutorials on how to do whatever stuff with some programming language but i noticed that a lot of them they don't focus enough on like algorithms and stuff and i know this is beyond the scope of uh you know what we're talking about here but like i considered starting a youtube channel uh to kind of capitalize on the kinds of problems i face at work mm -hmm. so that are trying to get into the industry they see the kind of problems you face at work and they get a better understanding as to how to deal with those problems. Mm -hmm. to like, oh, here's the latest and greatest technology. You know, this is the new framework. You should learn this and stuff. It's like, well, let's get back to basics and just teach you how to think. You oh, know, yeah. Obviously, in the context of being a developer, but nevertheless, like, how to actually solve problems that come up mm. on the job. You know? Yeah, that's, that's needed. Yeah, for sure. It happens, man. Where I mean, I'm, where I'm, I'm, I'm at work, and you get presented with a problem, and sometimes people don't have answers because they they don't think about like, oh, what can we do? Like, dude, you you have a computer, and you can like process data. That's like mm. kind of a big deal if you really think about what you can do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's needed. That there's value in that. Like, what that type of channel that you're talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for and sure. Let me share my screen too. Like I just have the code on one side and maybe the, the interface on the other. Mm -hmm. Show people like here, this here's how you think, you know. Um mm -hmm. but that's you know, more down the line. I still gotta finish grad school, I think. And mm -hmm. you know, time's always taken there. But yeah, this is cool. This this really I haven't had the chance to talk to somebody, um, for instance, like you in a while, especially during this quarantine. Yeah. Most of my time is spent just with work, homework, and on the phone with my girlfriend. So, mm -hmm. um, to, to, for instance, like people like Austin. Like I haven't oh, yeah. In a while. Like, really? I, wow. Because that's your guy. You've been seeing him more recently. Yeah, yeah but it's like I can't um, like see anybody like, at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, right. For sure. Yeah. 
I get uh, it, man. Because that's another another reason I like this, um, you know, interview series because it gives me, you know, an excuse and an ex- yeah, just an excuse to, to talk to friends and yeah, people. Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 He actually calls his team and he's like, hey, can you come out of your cave for like five minutes? <laughs> I know. This is. Bearded dude, you know, hasn't seen sunlight in months. Club. Right. It's a loin cloth. It's a podcast. what? <laughs> right. I know this whole thing was birthed out of me being lonely. <laughs> <laughs> During quarantine, Tarzan. Okay. me Tarzan J. <laughs> oh snap! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> no, it's not just lonely, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right. Brutally honest stuff we're doing. Uh, with right, right. Man, I could talk to you for hours, man. But I, yeah, I'm really grateful to to talk to you to have this time again. You know, we just grew up together. You're a dear friend, and talk about how our musical journeys have you know crossed and overlapped and just to dig in about music theory it's been really cool man yeah it's been fun awesome. well, okay well, answer me are you still are you still rolling or yeah man we're recording yeah oh, I mean, all right I, well yeah. i mean we'll, we'll 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 turn the recording off and we can talk a bit more afterwards yeah yeah i just got one personal question to ask uh, sure man i, I guess I, I i don't wanna i don't wanna put that one on the on the thing that's why i asked man but, okay uh, but yeah what about um you know people will see this where do you want them do you want them to follow you anywhere oh yeah um yeah if there's if there's if there's any means of following me it would be my personal website that's uh devincheka.com and i um my instagram is the shady proof but i might actually change that uh mm. that's a that's a tag i've had since first, like fifth grade or something uh oh. It was about time I get rid of it, man. I know that you have a way more professional uh, uh, Instagram um, presence. Like <laughs> Where's the shady proof? Do you want to say what the, the meaning was, of that uh, is? Or like... Yeah, you know, that was actually a music thing. Strangely enough. Oh, enjoyable. really? Hmm. Yeah, there was like with uh, you, you remember Shady. Um, For sure. He, he, back in like, I think fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade, we were just listening to Sons of Eminem and B12. And uh-huh. I think I think Proof had died that day. Uh, but anyway, so we were, we eventually were on that topic. Him and I just goofing around. You know how to do that. We 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 were joking around. He was like, "Dude, you should go the Shady Proof." And this was before like the word Shady. You know, oh, like like shade, like throwing shade at people. Like. <laughs> That's fire! Oh, snap! <laughs> it didn't have that meaning back then, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like impenetrable to people's like hate and shade. That's dope. <laughs> it was totally different, goofy meaning back then when we came up. We oh, he's like, dude, you should change that. That should be your Facebook. That should be your email. And so that That's what it was. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, and Chudy is a really smooth, really cool guy. So, I mean, you kind of got to, like, listen to, like, (laughs) his opinion. I mean, if if I was going to jump off a cliff because someone told me to, the only person that I would go and do that if they told me to would have been if he said Yeah, he would have said it just like, 
dude, you should just like, yeah, go jump off the cliff. You're just so calm and smooth. Like, where have you been all my life? I should totally do that. And then, and then I would jump, and I'd be like, yeah, there's a trampoline down there, right? Like, no, no, man. No. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, but yeah, man, that 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 was it. Like, I mean, wait, but it doesn't mean that like I don't. I almost get it. Like, you're. Are you better than Eminem? Is that what it is? No, like, no, you're no, the no, proof no, no, of no, like. No way! In no way! No, no. It was more like because um, it was it was so shady, and then proof the rapper and both like. Oh, I don't know proof. Okay. It rolled off the tongue, like you can um, anything in most cases, and be like, no, 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 I'm not. My name's not Christian Millet. I'm the Christian <laughs> The one and only. It makes, it makes you sound official. You know, mm, right. at the beginning of it, it's like, yeah. uh, my name <laughs> is not Devin Chappelle. I'm the Devin <laughs> Yeah, there it is, right? <laughs> yeah, um. that, that tag might, might, might change a little bit. I, I might actually put the Devin Checker or something to just kind of migrated from that um because like people will see it and like what 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 is your face dude <laughs> I, see, I mean yeah i know this was as we were setting this up you had the the website as devin checka and um your email is devin checka so i was surprised i was thinking like Looking up this guy's going away from the shaky proof so i noticed yeah yeah i might i might have to make that change at some point that it really gives me an idea that I'm going to write that one down because um, I have been thinking for a long time as uh, as to what I can change that to. Because, I mean, there's nothing. It would still have to have some sort of catchiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of the shady Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I think one opinion, my opinion, this yeah, is like off it. of Gary Gary V's opinion as well as like right, it. when it's your name, when it's like your name, and since you do have all these different talents, then it's just yeah, like you're gonna you building up whatever you're building, it's gonna your name is gonna be able to encapsulate all that because that's who you are as a person. Man, that was a good idea. I mean, because you also you have the separate you, you have the separate accounts though, right? You have like the personal. I do. Yeah, my personal and then the music one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Do I follow that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, right. but, yeah. You follow yourself on the other accounts. Like, does your personal? Oh, actually, oh, like, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. No. <laughs> but I meant like, do I follow that advice? Follower, man, there's like one extra oh. follower you can like. I get that guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I love. I love that guy. Not keep on separate. Oh man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Man. Well, yeah. Well. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this Harmonic Heart interview. I'm really grateful to y'all for listening and thankful to Devin as well. And, yeah, man, we're going to chat a little bit more offline. Harmonic Heart, you know, we're the podcast. We have the YouTube page and, you know, Instagram and all that. But you can see that in the description. All righty, guys.